Welcome to People Data Insights. This is your host, Paul Ryman, founder and managing partner of Novo Insights. Thanks for joining once again today. And welcome back for season two. Um, we took the summer off, uh, ended season one back in June. We took the summer off and then some to do a ton of great client work and spend some time with the family. I think everybody appreciates that. And we're excited to launch back in to People Data Insights and and share more about the work we're doing, the things we're seeing, and what matters to people in the people function. Uh, we're launching this season kind of with a big announcement at the same time, and, and you know this episode will be dedicated to that and some con context around it. Uh, we've now launched the Compensation Technology Market Insight Survey, um, which is a way to gather feedback from users, primarily compensation professionals, about their experience working with technology to make their functions more efficient. Um, you know, what I find is that it's an undercovered space, and, I, you know, some might disagree with that, but I believe that it's an under-researched market from the standpoint that there's a lot of players and not a lot of tools for people leaders and comp leaders to get their arms around all the different players in the space, how to think about it, how they work together. Um, when I worked at Morningstar years ago, I saw from the inside how, you know, independent research can help people make better decisions. Of course, at Morningstar, it's in the investment space, but I really was uh, amazed by the value that people placed on an independent voice, somebody who's not making money off those same things um, or getting kickbacks and really understanding what matters, how to think about it, and bringing a fresh, you know, clean perspective. As a consumer of comp technology, when I was in-house, right, in my operating roles, I never felt like I had a voice like that to help me think through the choices. The... The larger consulting players really didn't get into the operations of compensation much. It was more about strategy and design. Um, and then, of course, there are lots of vendors in the space, but it was more marketing from them, not kind of thought leadership and an independent perspective about what do you really need? What drives value with those things? Um, you know, so I, I feel like there's a gap here and we want to change that. I, I've also observed, you know, just following the, the HR tech space pretty closely over the last several years, you know, comp gets sort of tucked into the corner of that broader HR tech perspective. There's some very good work that gets done by some thinkers around HR tech. And the, the depth with which they handle comp is basically, well, do people use it? Not necessarily what kinds of tools are they? How are they the same or different? Um, or they'll lump together vendors that really don't belong in the same conversation. You know, people who are providing market data are not the same as those analyzing pay equity, which are not the same as those that are helping you manage your annual cycle. And it's it's kind of, I don't want to say unfair, but a little bit incomplete to talk about those in the same lens. So that was the thought behind thinking deeper about the comp tech market and how do we learn more about it and organize it and present research back to the market that can be helpful to them. When I started Novo Insights and listened to the questions of comp professionals, I realized I wasn't alone. You know, a lot of people are asking about how to be more efficient, what tools can they use? What data should they be bringing to the table? So the premise of this research study that we've launched is to kind of bring that to the table. So the, the first step was listening to the market, right? So I've met with dozens and dozens of comp tech founders and marketing leaders and salespeople. Um, I've talked to many, many compensation leaders, people leaders, just to understand the tools they use, how they think about them, how they budget for them. Um, and, and the first step was to try to organize, what does this space look like? Like compensation technology is not one big thing. 
Um, there's actually, we believe, distinct categories of tools and technology that we can think about differently and discreetly and, and help you understand how do they drive efficiency within the compensation function. So when I think about the work that I did as a comp leader and the work that my clients are doing as comp leaders, you know, this is an oversimplified view, but there's kind of five key you know, outputs, deliverables, or functional processes that they drive within compensation. They, we have to monitor the market, right? Viewing and tracking sort of compensation levels and practices. So that's one. Two, we have to align to the market, right? So manage our job structures, compensation structures to achieve that market positioning by creating ranges, by creating guidelines. The third is we have to deliver stuff. <laughs> we have to, you know, make decisions, facilitate recommendations, process payouts, right? So there's an execution arm, you know, that, that beloved annual cycle and some other things, right, where we have to support decision making. The fourth job is to analyze. So understanding our pay outcomes and seeing how they relate to broader business outcomes, like attrition, like ability to attract, et cetera. And then the final kind of critical comp functional process is to engage people, right? Whether it's communicating reward decisions, communicating pay opportunity, be that to employees, be that to candidates, but there's a communication lens to our work as well. So those five functional processes, monitor, align, deliver, analyze, and engage. So the, the thinking here is if that's what we do, if that's the product that we create, if that's the value we are creating within our organization, how do we then think about the technology and tools available to us to make that work more effective, more data-driven, more efficient? So that's the lens we're taking is we're saying, well, what are the tools available to support those workflows, those processes? So let me step through kind of one by one how we view the categorization of tools within those. I'm not necessarily going to go super deep on all of the features and considerations that we're seeing in those categories. I just think it might be too much for one podcast episode. So we'll come back to that in future blog posts and, com and uh, podcast episodes. But at this stage, I just want to talk through what those what the categorization is and, and how distinct they are and how they work together. So the, the first, if we talk about monitoring the market, right, that being our primary, one of the five primary functions, you know, the key category, and there's really just one with some subsets in here, is market data. I mean, you need data to do that. You can't just monitor the market, you know, without information. And the, the, the space of market data has really changed over the past, I'll age myself, certainly the 25 years that I've been in this space, when we went from good old school paper-based surveys, um, you know, to a more digital experience, which is why it's a compensation technology now, not just, you know, it's not just a paper survey. But even then, the, the way the data works, the way the data is collected has evolved quite a bit. And it can be confusing to sort of understand how these, these players uh, fit together. We've identified five different types of market data that do help you monitor the market in different ways. Um, those five different types, are, they're categories within, uh, within our CompTech domain landscape. Our surveys, right, traditional surveys, you know, the big ones that we all know and love. Of course, it also includes industry-specific players, club surveys, you know, all of the formalized pay surveys where you are submitting data, it is normalized against a certain set of benchmark jobs in a methodology, um, and then you get access to those results. So the traditional surveys is category one. Category two is, you know, a newer space, which we describe as real-time data. So the concept of 
integrating your your active roster, essentially, your people data from your HR system into a third-party provider who then either allows you to make adjustments, but largely algorithmically matches your jobs to a framework. So just to put some, you know, you think about the PAVES, Car to Total Comp, um, there's some other players that think about, well, you just give us a pipe basically into your HCM system, and then we'll help you match all of your jobs. When we look at title, we look at reporting relationships, you know, we look at some factors that exist in that data, and we, we make it a very educated guess as to how that role compares to others in the market. Of course, you can modify it, make adjustments to their leveling methodology, but it's, it's real time. There's no survey submission process. There's no lag in that data, et cetera. Um, there's some pros and cons to that approach, which again, we'll talk to later, but that's a separate, that's really a separate category compared to the surveys within this monitor the market uh, domain. The next sort of category within is uh, what we call analytical data. So these uh, really there's only a couple players here as we see it, you know, ERI and Labor Titan being two that, that our clients cite. And this is where you're taking lots of different types of data, be it survey data, be it economic data, be it available government data, um, but triangulating essentially and using predictive algorithms to say, well, based on what we know about how accountants are paid, based on what we know about how people are paid in Omaha, Nebraska, differently than other places in the country, um, based on what we are seeing in terms of changes in that data, we believe or we predict that this kind of accountant in Omaha, Nebraska would make X, right? So it's not a specific data point. It's not saying this is the median of this sample. It's doing math to figure out what we think that sample would suggest. So it's a different type of process that gets you there, but it's another way to understand what's going on in the market. The fourth uh, kind of subcategory within this monitor of the market domain is job posting data. So it's not a survey of your active employees. It's not real-time data of active employees. It's not this analytical algorithm. It's taking advantage of the posted information that is coming with the transparency regulation in most places. Um, in just a couple of months, we're going to pass the point where a majority of the workforce is in states where postings are required to have salary ranges in it. And we can learn from those salary ranges. We often say it's not the same as a survey, right? So a survey is measuring what people have been paid, and these real-time providers are measuring what people are being paid. Posting data is, be, is measuring what people expect to pay or want to pay new hires, which may or may not be the same thing. So you have to think about it within your portfolio here of monitoring the market of what is it really telling us. It adds value, but it's not telling you exactly the same thing that a survey might tell you. And then the final category of market data uh, in which to monitor the market is, is self-reported data. Um, you know, comp professionals have this hate-hate relationship with self-reported data. Like, I don't trust self-reported data. Um, you know, here's the problem is your employees tr trust self-reported data. Um, you know, I was introduced to levels.fyi several years ago and I was in-house running uh, comp and I, I, it was the, the thing that got me, right? Like, how do you argue with it? How do you talk to your employees about what it is, what it isn't? Because the quality of that data is better than we give it credit for. Um, you know, it's not just anonymous submissions anymore. There's, there's processes for validation. There's method methodological advancements have been made to improve that quality and a lot of those self-reported data providers in the past have figured out a way to productize that improve it and make it usable to corporations as well so it's again a different type of data there's 
risks and biases that come with all of these different types, right? Surveys, while they may have been the gold standard, they're not a, they're not perfect either, right? They're still subject to the bias of who's participating, were were roles matched correctly, you know. Of course, the survey houses do a very good job of quality control, but you know there are fundamental risks, biases, omissions, challenges with all these different types of data. So that's why we, we think they're, they're, you know, no one of these categories is better than the others. They're just different. Like there's different ways to approach monitoring the market. So those were all categories within the monitor kind of functional area. When you're monitoring the market, you need data to do it. The second uh, functional area was how you align to the market. Um, and we see two distinct categories of, of comp technology within this space. Um, they are job management and market management. So job management is the process through which you kind of create and manage your job library and job documentation. You know, we job descriptions are just the thing that has to be, right? We have to understand what a role is. We have to post jobs when the time comes. And we need to make sure that we're consistent in doing so and understand how roles compare to one another. So there are... Not not a ton of tools, but there are tools out there. Salary.com is a good tool. JD Expert, Mosh JD, just to name uh, the most prominent that we found in our research, that help you manage your job library and collaborate around that job library. The market management space is all about how do you ingest, essentially, how do you take market data that you've learned or other insights you might have, and how do you build structures around them? How do you identify the cost of structures? How do you understand if your people are low or high against those structures. Um, so it's managing your alignment and your competitiveness through how you're mechanizing your compensation uh, strategy. There's more tools than you thought. I, I was talking to a client recently. They were like, oh yeah, we're a Payscale customer. We're thinking about changing and we're looking at better comp and comp tool um, because that's what's out there, which is true. Those are all valid choices, but they are not the only choices. Um, there's a dozen or so players that spe have specific functionality to help you think about what your comp ranges should be. Um, it's, it's, a, it's an expanding space, but it's a really important one because if you think about the pressures of pay transparency in particular and pay fairness, how you build these ranges, how you structure these ranges and are, who are they aligned against, what are you targeting in the market really drives the perception of that range. So I think that's why we're seeing you know, innovation in this space in a, in a very competitive market you know, for helping uh, comp teams be more effective here. So that's in the align functional area. How do you build and manage your comp strategy against the market? The third functional space is the one that has the most diversity in it, meaning they're very different jobs uh, within comp. Uh, so this deliver, right? You have to help support decisions, do calculations, process payments, essentially. Um, so we've, we've organized that into three distinct categories within this deliver domain. Cycle management, incentive management and equity management. Um, so the, the, the difference or the way to think about those things, right? Cycle management is facilitating those cyclical pay decisions, right? Your annual cycle, you know, with the key outcome being you're, you're trying to manage those decisions within specific guidelines and budgets, but you're gathering recommendations, right? So you're managing a decision process. Um, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the HR tools, right, Workday, success factors, whatever, have embedded functionality for this. Um, our research is focused more on the third-party providers, just from the standpoint that um, I think there's a general dissatisfaction with the HCM providers. You know, in our survey, and I'll talk more about this at the end, 
you know, we are going to hear feedback about those HCM providers and, and the quality of the work, but, you know, having been a customer of them, having seen lots of them, um, you know, the, the dedicated providers, the companies that are building tools for this specific use case, and there are a lot, um, I think they're more feature rich. They're more focused on the flexibility and the capabilities that comp people care more about rather than just needing to have something embedded in the platform. So cycle management is the first category within, probably the largest um, in, this, in this framework. The second is incentive management. Um, these tools are really largely for sales commissions, honestly. Uh, sales performance management is what the category has been called in some other spaces. Um, and, in, and as such, they have capabilities that are much beyond incentives. Some of them include territory management, quota development, um, you know, other things that are specific to the use case of a sales force. But not all these tools require it to just be for, for the sales force. So that's why we broaden our view and say it's about incentive management. You know, why couldn't you use it for, you know, a customer support incentive program? Um, you can. A lot of these systems have those broader capabilities. It, so we're going to be trying to understand better how important are those tools to people who have incentive plans that aren't just for sales. You know, are Excel spreadsheets good enough when it comes to managing bonus programs? But there's a lot of players there. There's some well-established players as well as some new ones that have emerged just given new technology and the need for smaller organizations in particular um, to have a more robust approach to how they manage incentives. Then the third category within Deliver is around equity management, um, you know, both for, you know, startups as well as for public companies. Administering your stock program is a pain. <laughs> um, you know, the, the integration with your cap table, the need to process awards in a timely and compliant way, managing vesting and exercise processes, whatever they may be. Um, it is a difficult administrative process. And there's a, a number of tools available to do that. Um, you know, tools like Carta, Capita, Pulley, Cake for kind of the smaller organizations in general, Global Shares and, you know, Morgan Stanley, Fidelity, the types that tend to focus more on the enterprise. There's been, you know, some M&A in this space and some changing, um, just as people have clarified, like, do we want to be in the equity admin market or are we in the investment market? But, you know, it's an important part of your toolkit as a comp leader if you own the administration of these programs is to make sure you're not trying to track things manually. So those are the three kind of uh, categories within that deliver function, right? Cycle management, incentive management, and equity management help you deliver uh, pay decisions and pay programs. The fourth functional area is to analyze, right? So we have to understand our pay outcomes and understand how do they relate to broader business objectives. And we've, we've divided this into two distinct categories. Um, one is just general pay analytics. So how do we you know, essentially from a people analytics lens, like how do we think about pay within the employee experience? So all the people analytics players touch this, um, as well as some more dedicated systems from those comp providers where they have compensation-specific use cases, sort of deeper views and curated views. You know, this is how you should think about the pay situation in your organization. The second subcategory within the analyze space is pay equity. And that's really, it's just different, right? The methods and insights you're looking for out of a pay equity provider are, are quite specific. And, um, and really in the pay equity space, there's kind of two sides of it, right? There's the understanding, are you paying fairly at the individual level and building in the appropriate modeling to control for sample size and, 
and manage for statistical bias, but also the compliance management um, with an ever-increasing number of countries, states, localities, requiring reporting around pay equity, you know, having some tooling to manage your data in a way to participate and supply data to those regulatory bodies is a challenge. Um, I sit here in Illinois, state of Illinois has requirements, and when those first came out, it was not a fun exercise to create the data set to submit. Um, and there are providers out there who have said, well, don't worry about trying to create it yourself. Just feed us your, your, your data a certain way, and we know how to do that. So that's the tech within the pay equity space is both the individual assessment. Are we paying fairly? How do I make a, a, an equitable offer? But also the compliance management side. So the fourth and final kind of category of work is around engaging, right? So the functional process was around engaging your employees. How do we communicate reward decisions? And really, there's one category that might get split into two someday that we're calling pay communications. And the key use cases here, which is where the, I could see the category splitting, um, but I'll explain why shortly. You know, there's the, the the portal, right? The reward statement. Like, how do I go and see what's available to me? What do I have? What's my pay opportunity? And then separately, there's the visual offer letter, right? So the for candidates... How do we show them what's possible? How do we let them model what's possible within our pay program? We've decided to keep them one category for now, in part because the the vendors have de-emphasized these products. Um, there's nobody <laughs> who's just doing this. Uh, it's always something that's part of another functional area on this framework. Um, so it's not one that's expanding, partly because we're finding that the market's not really paying for it. It's not something you invest in specifically. It's something you want to have as part of a broader solution. Um, and really, at the end of the day, like how you communicate whether the user is an employer or a candidate, you know, while it sounds like a different thing, it's really the same concept of how do we share our story. So we've decided to keep them as kind of one category for now. So those are the, the that's the categorization of the comp tech landscape as we see it. Right, so lining up the different categories into these five functional areas of monitor, align, deliver, analyze, and engage. Um, and then trying to be clear about what are the different groups within. Um, it's important that while the, to, to understand that while the categories are distinct, there's in many, many cases, the players, right, the actual vendors work across them. So I'll just, you know, Mercer is a good example where, um, you know, Mercer is a, a provider, of course, of market data and surveys, but they've got software and tools to help you in other areas like pay analytics in particular. Um, you know, PAVE, a, a relatively newer player in the market, has real-time data, has a market management benchmarking functionality, um, has a cycle tool. Um, you know, all these things are available. They have, a you know, visual offer letters, right? So, they're pretty close to being what I would describe as a platform player, meaning they help you across all of these jobs to be done. You know, Carta has multiple capabilities, um, even though they might be best known for equity management. That's not their only play. So while the categories are distinct, the tools overlap. And that's part of what has made this market a little confusing is you, you don't know what you're getting sometimes if you're not really thoughtful about, well, if I become a you know, an open comp customer, a PAVE customer, a Pequity customer, which of these areas am I really investing in? And what am I not investing in? And where do I need to supplement this tool with something else? I think a lot of these players aspire to be platform players. And I applaud that and I welcome that. And I hope that 
the market has choices like that, um, you know, into the future. But as of now, in many cases, there are still gaps that you need to close with specific other players. And a lot of those vendors have partnerships with one another to close those gaps. Um, but it's, it's just good for, for the comp head to understand this is what the market looks like. So if you go out to LinkedIn or go onto our website, uh, novoinsights.com slash comptech, you'll find an infographic <clears throat> that visualizes these different functional process areas, the categories within, and then a set of logos that correspond with the, the players in that space. Um, a couple of call-outs just on the methodology for picking the logos. Um, it's admittedly US-centric. When I was talking to comp people, um, basically I was just listening for what tools do they use and scouring what tools could they use. So whether it was they picked it or they just looked at it in an evaluation process. Um, so I will admit there's a number of players, particularly over in Europe, that are not represented in part because they didn't come up in our US-centric view. Um, we'll look to update this quarterly or so, and in that case, we might look at, at, at globalizing. But since most of our client effort is here in the US, we stayed kind of focused in the US. We also made two other decisions. One is the H, like the HRIS providers that happen to have some comp capabilities, we did not show. We kind of take it as an assumption that there is some compensation stuff in tools like Workday or SAP or Oracle. Um, so we didn't feel it necessary to represent that. We have a perspective that when you're thinking about HR tech in general, you always build from your HCM out. So you think about what do you have, you know, let's say you're a Workday customer. What do you have available in Workday? What can be done in Workday? And you supplement it if it doesn't meet your needs. Um, but from a, having operated both HR systems and running comp, you know, integrations are hard and it, it's good to start from the view of why not what we have. Um, so this, this infographic is really built to say, well, what are my choices as I look to supplement? You know, when I've decided that what I have does not meet my needs, here's where I should invest and how I should look at that. The other kind of caveat about what's showing, you know, there's just not enough space on any one piece of paper ever to illustrate all of the possible comp surveys. That is a massive and fragmented market. Um, you know, local manufacturing association in some metropolitan area does a survey of 12 companies. We're not trying to represent that. We are trying to represent the kind of multi-industry players in that space. So apologies to the club survey providers and the local associations, but that's not really within the focus of what we are trying to do. So there's some limits to the, the infographic, I admit that, but it's, um, it's meant to illustrate the breadth of the market that exists. The feedback I've been getting since it's been released is, wow, I didn't realize all these companies were out there, which is the, you know, that's what we are trying to accomplish, is make sure people are aware that there are a number of choices that cut across these different domains. We've also, aside from sort of publishing what we see about the categorization, we're moving into sort of the next stage of research, which is to understand from users what they have, and probably most importantly, what makes an impact. So we've launched a survey. It's a pretty ambitious bet um, to understand better the tools people use and what is driving value. Um, so again, on our website at novoinsights.com slash comptech, you will find a link to a place where the market can give us feedback. Um, so in each of these categorical, each of these categories, you can tell us, like, are you using a provider today or using Excel spreadsheets? Like, what are you using? 
how do you feel like different features should be prioritized? Like what's important to you when you think about this space and how good is your current approach, whether it's an Excel spreadsheet or whether it's a third-party tool? And then how do you see that changing? And we think what that will help us develop is a lens for those of you that you know might be using Excel spreadsheets today, let's say. Um, well, if I need to go buy a cycle management tool or if I feel like I've outgrown the one that I have, what are the features I should be thinking about? Are there certain players that are stronger in those feature areas? We don't see a world where out of the you know dozen or so cycle, I'll just pick on cycle management, you know, the, the, the couple dozen cycle management providers, I don't think the premise is that there's only one best one. I think the premise is that there are, there are providers that are better fits for other organizations based on their unique requirements and what features are prioritized. And that's what we want to help illuminate is if you really prioritize you know, managing this type of cycle with these types of capabilities, this is a provider that's a better fit for you. If this is your HR system, here's a provider that really has prioritized you know, a tight coupling with that HR provider. Um, so that's what we're trying to gather out of the survey. Um, so I invite everyone to participate. If, for every category in which you provide data, so you know, market data is a category, market management, cycle management, each of those separate categories that I just described, for every category that you submit data, you'll get a copy of what we learned. Um, so you don't get the whole thing if you only provide data in one, sorry, but that's an incentive because uh, this is what we do to, for you to participate in you know, as many categories as you can. Even if you're not using third-party providers, you can participate because we want to know what would be important to you and how you think about that space. So again, novoinsights.com slash comptech is um, where you can find a link to participate to that survey. You'll be seeing a number of posts on LinkedIn over the next several months. This is not a survey that just goes for a week. This is a survey that goes for a while um, because we want the data to be robust and we know it takes time to think this through. But you'll be seeing a number of posts via our blog and LinkedIn talking about some of the early returns of what we've heard and seen in each of these categories just to pique your interest into you know, what we're learning and, and why we think... Uh, it's helpful uh, to get more data from the market. So, we're, you know, some things we're just thinking about with this. I, I can't wait to see how the market is viewing sort of the platform effect, right? Are, are people picking and choosing different technologies or are they trying to use one provider across all? I can't wait to see where people think they're going to invest more versus shrink. I'm really interested in how the market data landscape is changing. There's been some polling around um, you know, are you adding non-survey providers? But I'm not hearing, uh, you know, people removing them. So I'm just looking to quantify that and really understand, you know, what's changing in the market. I love feedback, you know, from, from participants in the survey, from listeners to the podcast, from our clients. So if you have suggestions or questions you want us to explore, you know, please send them my way. I'm happy to engage on that front because I definitely see this as a, as a space that needs some more work and, I'm super proud of, of the team for filling in this gap and investing in providing those insights. If you're looking for CompTech in the interim, um, feel free to reach out. We, we, don't, uh, we don't get kickbacks from any providers. Um, we have helped organizations select the right technology in a more consultative way, or we're just happy to give you our thoughts. If you're on the fence between a few, um, you know, we can always give top of mind thoughts and, and make the right connections to the right people in those organizations. So. You know, we want to be a resource to all of you as comp leaders in this space to help you make the right decisions 
about how to increase the efficiency of your function. Um, so please don't hesitate to reach out. Paul at NovoInsights.com is me directly or uh, support at NovoInsights.com will get you in the queue for more general responses. So final takeaways, please participate in the survey. Check out the infographic at NovoInsights.com slash CompTech and you'll be hearing more from us on this topic here in the future. And until then, thanks for listening. <laughs>